Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchi. Matt, we're back. We're at episode 150? We are. Happy 150th episode. Netflix original once again. Yes. If you remember our 100th episode, The Old Guard, felt like yesterday. I guess we've done 50 reviews since then. Look at us. I guess a lot of those were TIFF ones. We did almost 22 movies. but Right. Um, we're flying through this, baby. We're only doing Netflix originals for our anniversary episode. So every 50 and every 100, it now has to be uh netflix original movies because today we are reviewing ben wheatley's rebecca yes yes we are matt and did you want me to give a plot synopsis Uh, i mean eric i just want to know how do you feel 150 episodes later i well you know what matt i think we we we've done it we 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 can pack it in now we we've said all we need to say about movies we've added to the conversation uh it's it's you know after the old guard it was just you know icing on top (laughs) so to speak yeah Exactly. Uh, I'm just disappointed yes, today, that uh, the Hillbilly Elegy uh, will not oh be God. one of our 50. <laughs> will that be our 200? It won't, but it's a shame. No, when's that come out? Uh, that comes out at the end of November. So we have to review 49 other movies before then. <laughs> we'll just. Can we take the challenge? Every, yeah. The, um, yeah, today we are reviewing uh, Ben Wheatley's Rebecca, like I said. Uh, we'll be streaming on Netflix um next friday the 23rd thank you eric because i already said this for our on the rocks review which you guys can now check out right here on untitled movie reviews um yeah eric take it away what is rebecca yeah so this is a another adaptation of author daphne du maurier's seminal gothic romance um alfred hitchcock's uh rebecca from 1940 is obviously the most uh famous adaptation having won the best picture oscar of that year that starred uh Joan Fontaine and Sir Laurence Olivier. This version directed by Ben Wheatley, who's best known for movies like uh, Kill List and Sightseers and more recently uh, Free Fire and is also going to be directing the upcoming Tomb Raider movie. Um, takes his so strange yeah, takes his uh, uh, crack at uh, adapting this sort of tale of love and lust and class and structure and sort of a, a story, a ghost story, if you will, but not your your typical ghost story. It, it stars Lily James as a lady's companion who meets a mysterious army hammer who plays uh, Maxim de Winter, a very handsome, tall, dark, and mysterious stranger who is mourning the loss of his dearly departed Rebecca, who he does not like to talk about in any kind of regard, but everybody else talks about him um, in a way that is becoming of a gentleman, but also kind of wanting to take maybe advantage of his wealth and uh, fame and resources. Everybody talks specifically about his estate, Manderley um, in particular. Uh, he begins Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. <laughs> Uh, he begins a romance with uh, Lily James's character, who in the book and in the story doesn't have an actual name. She's just the protagonist until 
she is married into the family, the uh, DeWinter family, and then she goes by Mrs. DeWinter. But when she and uh, Mr. DeWinter end up going back to the Mandalay estate, she comes to realize that she has big shoes to fill and that she is kind of living in the shadow of his uh, dearly departed wife, Rebecca, and Mrs. Danvers, the sort of uh, head of the house and, and staff never makes her uh, feel comfortable and always makes her remember that she will not be in, uh, you know, she will never be as good as Rebecca is. Um, It's a film that really kind of hinges on its style and look. It's a fairly, I was surprised by how traditional an adaptation this was. There's not a lot here that I would say, you know, Ben Wheatley adds to this that makes it his own. And Ben Wheatley, when you think like, okay, well, what's his style as a filmmaker? He's kind of in that kind of sort of league, I would say, as like someone like Steven Soderbergh, who is very experimental with his filmmaking style and is always up to kind of do something a little bit different. But here he kind of plays by the rules. Everything here is very, you know, beautiful and lush and orchestral down to, you know, Clint Mansell's score. Yeah. But at the same time, the movie kind of left me a little cold and not in a good way in a kind of like I was expecting more or something different from this. Yeah. And all I got out of it was, Hey, it looked great. And it was Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I pretty much agree with that. Like, I think I, I'm leaning maybe towards more of the positive end of things. And maybe that's because I hadn't really ever seen any of the other adaptations of Rebecca. I've never seen the Hitchcock version. Um, didn't really know anything from the story. So I think that maybe helped lean me slightly into the positive realm of never really knowing what was going on. So some of that stuff that, you know, it's alluding to this kind of ghost story, but kind of where that kind of goes and things like that was always a mystery to me where I feel like if maybe that mystery was taken out of it, I could see the perspective of going okay this movie needed to give me something maybe a little bit different for it to feel kind of worthwhile of being made and uh, ben wheatley's another one of those guys that i'm kind of hit or miss on like um i liked free fire enough i've liked some of his earlier stuff did not like high rise um but I, I don't know i feel like with a different filmmaker i felt like maybe this could have felt even more conventional even though it was fairly conventional where I did think it looked gorgeous. I liked Clint Mansell's score. I liked Lily James. I kind of liked army hammer enough. Like I thought everyone was pretty well cast that, you know, it kept me engaged throughout the whole thing. But then by the end of it, I was just, I, I did feel teetering on underwhelmed, which is what you're talking about where I've just felt like, I don't know what I was really, I don't know. It just, it kind of felt like it lost its, you know, muster by the end of it where I just felt like it kind of pittered out and I was like, okay. And then, um, but I, I, I don't know. I like some of the performances. I like the look of the movie. Some of the more surreal moments I thought worked, um, just from an imagery standpoint. Like I did think the movie looked really, really gorgeous. And, um, I think that's what I kept going back to. And, and, uh, I don't know, like I'm kind of mostly indifferent on it but i I mean coming from a guy who usually doesn't like movies like this like period pieces like gothic romance kind of kind of movies i think that is saying something that maybe it was just the right amount of accessible that it it kind of worked for me 
Um, but then that doesn't make it anything that I'm going to yell off the rooftops being like, you have to watch Rebecca. It's going to be one of those movies where I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, it kept me engaged and I was mostly interested in what was happening. And I, I think I liked Lily James enough and she kind of carries the movie that, um, that tied with Mansell's score and some of the imagery, I was kind of okay with it. Yeah. I, you know, I'm one of those people where like, I'm not against a remake of, of, mostly anything as long as the filmmaker brings you know an interesting new perspective or their style to the film i mean i i always do think of the gene siskel kind of quote where it's like you know why remake a good movie remake something that's 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 bad so you can improve on it and make it better um yeah the the hitchcock film in my opinion is a masterpiece but it's it's a weird one to have a conversation about because as much as i love that hitchcock movie it's not even in my like top 10 i don't think of hitchcock films because like when yeah. when you think of hitchcock you think of rear window you think of psycho you think of north by northwest psycho specifically the, is heavy heavy hitters yeah, yeah psycho specifically is interesting because of gus van zandt remaking that movie in the 90s and i think he had a more kind of even though i don't love that remake shot for shot remake, shot for yeah. shot remake but there was a reason behind him doing that because he wanted to make as you mentioned, a shot for shot identical remake as an experiment. And I think that that was more successful overall than what this is, because this just feels like I can, you know, Ben Wheatley, I have the money and resources and talent available to work with. So why not, you know, take a moment to, you know, between, uh, you know, smaller indie movies to, to make something like this. And it's not a bad film. It's well-made. I think the, the most Ben Wheatley thing in this movie is there's a very small moment where, Lily James is brushing her hair with a comb and she pulls out some of the hair with uh, Rebecca's old hair that's still entangled in this in this hairbrush. And when she does that, you hear this kind of like gasp, this breathing sound, this almost like ominous ghost sound as she's doing it. And that to me is like the closest thing to like. Oh, I would have loved to see more touches like that. More throughout. style, yeah. Because there, there is plenty of style, but, style but, but yeah, his but his, his style specifically. Yeah. Because Ben Wheatley is very good at creating atmosphere and tension. I still think his best film is Kill List, which is a movie that keeps you guessing until the very end, and you always feel unsettled by the situation. Now, you know. I knew what the story was with this. So maybe that takes away from kind of the expectations, but at the same time, I mean, a, a Gothic romance and sort of horror movie or, or at least kind of playing horror adjacent can still have tension and scares. I still think it's a better movie than say like Annabelle or, you know, Annabelle God, creation. I, I know you've been watching Annabelle those movies recently. Yeah. So Annabelle's horrible. Yeah. I mean, the opening it literally jumps out the window at one point and, uh, God, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I know. doesn't make any sense. That whole care. Alfre Woodard. We're going to go on a tangent of Annabelle that talking about so embarrassed for Alfre Woodard. Yeah. Like, uh, at least that. in this, it, it's kind of, like you said, it's competent and kind of like, but it almost I, but feels I, like it's too, like it's just like too predictable in in a way as right. well. Even with the casting, Fair. like Mrs. Danvers, like Kirsten Scott Thomas is almost too perfect for that role. Where it's <laughs> yeah, like right. it's like she doesn't even need to act. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I think she's great, Fair. but like it just kind of feels like it's like on the nose with its casting. And I actually like as much as I do like army hammer and i made a joke about this before but i mean this movie could be called call me by your surname um 
Army Hammer does feel a little bit miscast, and especially when you do compare him to Sir Lawrence Olivier, because with Sir Lawrence Olivier, there was this, you know, enigmatic quality to him. But even though he could be kind of, you know, defensive and and sort of, you know, not wanting to open up to uh, Mrs. De Winter, um, you always got a sense that there was something decent inside him or there was something kind of like i you know like i want to really try or make an effort to help this person where army hammer's version of of max kind of feels a little bit more like a jerk in a way and maybe that's a, a bit of the americanism of him coming through where it kind of feels like he's kind of like when he kind of shuts her out that I was just kind of like, why are you even bothering with this guy? He's, he's, he's kind of a dick, you know, where, where with Sir Lawrence Olivier, there was this, there's this kind of like allure to him still where it's like, I, I like, even though you're not, you know, being an adult in this situation and you're not kind of, you know, having a grown up conversation and you're not telling me, you know, something that we need to have a conversation about, there's still something there where it's like, I want to help you because like, I can see that you are like, you know, showing those signs that you're, you're asking for help where with army hammer, I just kind of felt like he was a bit of a cipher in a way and just didn't really work overall. But I think Lily James is, is, is good. And, and I think that the movie is a nice looking film. I, I, again, like, I just don't think overall it needed to be made. And it kind of feels like I'd rather have seen these people do something else. I don't disagree with you there, yeah. Um, And I was just disappointed because I really do like Ben Wheatley. And he's also hit or miss with me. Um, Like, I know a lot of people do like uh, a field in England. England, But I, that's like. I didn't care for it either. either. Um, We saw that together at TIFF, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, But Kill List and Sightseers are great and, you know. Oh, we also saw sightseers together. Yeah, and we saw Free Fire as well, or or around that time. So, um, you know, like he he is a good filmmaker, and I think that like any of his movies are worth watching at least. And like I said, the comparison to him, uh, you know, like Michael Winterbottom or Steven Soderbergh, like he's I'm always fascinated what project he's going to pick. Like, Like there was one movie he was going to do with Elisa Vikander before. Um, Tomb Raider, <laughs> Tomb Raider, which I think was also going to co-star Army Hammer because he worked with Army Hammer in Free Fire, and Army Hammer is one of the best things in Free Fire with you know like the beard oil joke and all that kind of yeah, stuff. I want to rewatch Free Fire because that was one of those movies where I was I feel like I was zonked yeah. during TIFF when we saw it because it was a late one, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I just remember it being very loud, like the surround sound, just insane. Yeah, and Sam Riley's also in Free Fire, who's also I, in this. I also, this. yeah, we didn't bring him up. He's always great at playing like a slime ball. Yeah, he's he's basically. I mean, like, I'm the first movie I saw him in, or a, a lot of people saw him in, was was you know the the Ian Curtis uh, movie, where you know, like, you kind of get like this sense that he could be your your uh, like a new version of john hurt and i feel yeah. that like that is kind of his style of of you know slime ball quality where like he presents almost like a gentleman kind of quality to him but that that is the one scene that i actually kind of did like quite a bit in this version that they couldn't get away with in you know any other version you know especially in 1940 where they have the sexual innuendo with the horseback riding scene like it's so creepy and unsettling and and weird and you feel like that character you know there is something up with him and he's kind of fun in that role 
but again, it's very on the nose. Like it's like it's it's like yeah. you don't really have to do much with him. Right. I get what you're saying with some of the casting. Yeah, overall I think it, it was um mildly enjoyable. Um I didn't hate my time with it. I don't that's not a huge compliment, but like again, for especially with Netflix movies, which again can be hit or miss, um I, I don't put it on that super upper tier of like prestige stuff, but I, I don't think it's like a a bad use of your time or anything. Cause you'll, I know you probably have a Netflix subscription. And if you're just looking for something to kind of throw on, like there are worse things out there, especially in a, in a year where there's not a ton of new content. Um, maybe I'm being a little more generous than I, than I would have if this got lost in the shuffle of everything, but uh, I'm going to give it a, um, I forget what I rated it. I don't even know what I did. Did I give it a three or three and a half? I think I might've done three and a half. Um, I'll, I'll stick with that. I liked it enough. So three and a half for me. I'll give it a two and a half. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but we have many other uh, reviews over on this channel, Untitled Movie Reviews, that we would love for you guys to check out. Uh, we have reviews up right now for Black Bear, the 40-year-old version, The Trial of the Chicago 7, and On the Rocks. You can check all of those out right now, as well as a slew of other reviews that are up on this channel. So um, tons and tons of content, all of our TIFF reviews, everything. There's so much for you guys to listen to over here. Um, and if you liked us on this show, you might like us on another show we do called Untitled Movie Reviews, where Eric and I get together, kind of shoot the shit about the entertainment industry for usually two plus hours every other week, um, talking about what's going on and what's going on in our lives. Uh, you can go subscribe to that, as well as our other third podcast, Untitled Movie Conversations, which is our interview show where we interview people um, in the entertainment industry, our colleagues, friends, filmmakers, composers, different things like that. So go subscribe to both of those. Uh, if you have a couple of other seconds, uh, drop a review or a rating uh, for that trilogy of podcasts I just mentioned. That really helps us out and gets us in front of uh, more people's ears. Um, and you can follow us on all the social medias at Untitled underscore cast. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm usually rating movies over on Letterboxd or tweeting about my ideas for a uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast, which might happen. Stay tuned. Submitted for your approval by the Midnight, the Midnight Society. Society. Oh, I see what you did Emphasize there. Emphasize the high. Yeah. And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I still dream of Manderley.